It is great to be back here at All About HR. I'm super excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking about some of the biggest topics that you've heard out there, and it's not going to be a repeat of how people talk about those same topics that everyone's talking about right now. So our guest today is Mike Sipple Jr. Mike is the CEO of Centennial Talent Strategy and Executive Search, as well as the founder CEO of Talent Magnet Institute. Mike can always be found contributing to support the mission and vision of unlocking human potential through his writing, podcast, executive search, and training. Mike, welcome to All About HR. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you and your listening audience today. It's a pleasure to have you. And I, I always have to give a shout out, especially when I have a guest like you, to the uh, HR community, John Thurmond, all the wonderful people out there. That I've met so many great people, and that's where I met you. Yeah. And I really appreciate you uh, jumping on and uh, joining us for a, hopefully a fun and a little bit deep conversation today. I'm excited about it. Thanks for the invitation. So first question, we ask everybody, and then everything gets a little bit more freeform, but what are you listening to right now? Yeah, so it's a great, uh, great question. I'm just wrapping up the book called What the Heck is EOS? EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's a whole kind of business model by Gino Wickman. And uh, my team is just finishing up reading it together. And there's also a book called Traction that's kind of the longer form. I say, what the heck is EOS is like a Cliff Notes version for adults. I love a good Cliff Note version for adults. <laughs> I, maybe you found it. What I read a lot of professional and executive books. And I always, I initially felt like I was just being a cheater, but I love 100 page or less, 150 page tops. I love shorter self-help management yeah. executive type of books because it's just so easy to consume them. Do you find that or that's not a shortcut for me, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, I feel like it gives you the, you, we're all looking for one thing to work on, right? To get one or 2% better each and every day. And I feel like the shorter the read, the more concise and direct the author can be and give you like, oh, that's really two great questions I should really be thinking about. I feel similarly, I've got one book that I read every year called Double Double by Cameron Harold. I've been reading it for about six years. And every single time I read it, I pick up something a little bit different to focus on. You know, again, it just helps me and my journey of being an entrepreneur for leading a couple different businesses to really work on myself and how I can improve as a leader and what systems and resources to put in place for the rest of the team. I'm going to go off script here just because th those really piqued my interest. Double, double. What, what are some of the insights I might be able to get? I wrote it down. I'm going to go check it out. But what are some of the insights that uh, have stuck out on this year's run back? Yeah. So one is just on communications. Like we really have to learn how to deal with difficult conversations and the importance for us and our employees. And I'll say like I'm pretty conflict avoidant as it relates to my team, because I want to pull people together. I want everybody to provide their thoughts and their insights. And it's hard for me to just make a decision, right? But sometimes our team wants that, like, and they see the divide. I, I deal with it. I get that feedback. So because of that, you know, and you're is in a startup, you're making a lot of decisions. And and you don't know which ones are the right decisions, right? You're, you're trying to pick, you're trying to choose wisely, but you don't quite know. 
So dealing with the conflict and not running from it is one of the, you know, that communications and conflict should actually move us further faster if we just went into the room head on. So that's one. And the other one, just the power of public relations, you know, writing articles, telling your story again with two businesses, privately held businesses, like how do you create newsworthy? How do you write in, you know, even in my writing, how do I do it in an inspirational way that gets people to remember what we're discussing? So those are some of the takeaways this time through. And hopefully, you know, again, I'll, my, my goal, just keep trying to get better each and every day for those that I'm around, for those that we're serving, for those I have the privilege of interacting with. What's great about hearing you talk about that is I talk to a lot of people and they go, oh, I love this book or I love this principle. And I go, I don't see you living that principle or living what you're telling me you love to read about. But just as you're describing that, we've had a few conversations. I can see how you actually live those lessons. And I've experienced that as, a, as an independent person that, that interacts with you. So that's actually really, really, uh, really cool to see that when people not only talk about being interested in something, but actually incorporate those lessons into how they act and what they bring to the world every day. That's great. And Tom, I appreciate it. I'm a work in progress. Like there are some people who might listen to this to go, huh, that's not the simple I know. <laughs> or yeah, I can see where he's really good at that. You know, we're somewhere in the middle, right? And um, it's a work in progress, you know, each and every day. I like that, like I'm a, I'm a high D on the disc profile. Okay. And I had to work really hard to not walk into every conversation. And again, as I, when I was younger, I just always thought I was right. Like the opinion I have is the one that everybody should be listening to. Now that I've, now that I've gotten older, I've told, you know, and I've had the opportunity because I work with my parents to say, gosh, mom and dad were right a lot. You know, I've really backed, had to learn how to execute my D and the disc and I'm a high D high C. So I'm a thinker, right? A creative, I think is the classic profile. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had to really learn how to be better listeners. So sometimes I take it so far or maybe too far that I still need to make a decision. You know, and again, people on the outside world see, oh, entrepreneur leading a couple companies, growing businesses. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of decisions to be taken, which there are, but I'm also pretty collaborative. I want my team to be involved in those decisions. The worst thing that I anybody could ever do is get to the the next room or the next level or the next hill and look behind and have nobody with you know, my goal is just to kind of be behind and support as much as I can, remove barriers and inspire, but you still got to make decisions along the way. In startup world, there's no paralysis by analysis. A decision will be made and you have to make it quick and be able to say when you're right and wrong, as you just did, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So let's let's take this more into, so you're, you're CEO of two companies right now. You're growing, you're learning, you're leading. What's your driving force right now behind the energy that you bring to both of these companies? So I know that we can create a better work world. I also know that there's a lot that's broken and that's been broken for decades, if not hundreds of years for some. So my driving force every day, uh, I do jump out of bed every day. Like I love what I do. I love the opportunity of who I get to do it with. All of the people on these two teams, um, it's one of my greatest blessings that I've got. I'm just surrounded by incredible humans on my team 
my contractor resources, our partners, our consultants, and the customers that we get to serve. But it's all about making the world a little bit better for each person that we have the opportunity to interact with. So whether it's through TMI with our management training platform, we're walking alongside of you, helping you grow as a leader, or if it's through executive search and we're building the team that you want to put in place in the next generation team, or some of our consulting work of creating clarity around a business strategy and a people strategy. Why is that so difficult? But it is for many, it's very complex. So again, every day doing what I do, I'm also, you know, the benefit of being an entrepreneur and a business owner is I get to be present with my kids and my wife as well, but I get to choose, you know, I get to make those decisions and create the schedules. And then I always like to say, and create that same environment for my team. Like, you know, we've always been a very remote team. We've always been a very connected team with technology. And it hasn't been too terribly different, to be frank with you, in the last couple of years that, hey, I don't care whether you're closing a deal in a, you know, at a beach in the south or whether you're on a, a fishing trip in the north or whether you're in Europe. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, as long as our clients are happy and our team's engaged and we're all being authentic with each other, you know, that's the kind of culture we want to create. It's an outcomes culture. We're going to support you and you, your job is to support those outcomes or your best outcomes. And how can we support you do that rather than when are you working? How are you working? Yeah. You know, let, let's, let's get all into that. Yeah. And, and we have like, we've got team members who have relocated during COVID consultants that work with us that, you know, one moved from my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio area to Boston and it, nothing changes, right? He can still do everything he could do before. You know, we've got consultants in San Diego and Indianapolis. And just a few weeks ago, one of our consultants was over in Milan, Italy, um, delivering on a project for one of our clients remotely. It really doesn't matter. As long as you have great technology, you trust each other, you know the deliverables. We know what needs to happen. You know, really providing autonomy, not just flexibility. Brings me back to something you said earlier, too, that it's not black and white. Everything's some version of gray. And once you understand that reality and make that your reality, then you can actually figure out where in the gray you can work. But if you're living in this reality that we're in today where it's black or white, good or bad, um, why Twitter's, why some people go, Twitter's the worst thing in the world. And other people go, Twitter's the best thing in the world. <laughs> It's really, I think it starts with that acknowledgement as a base that everything is gray. Yeah. How you communicate isn't perfect. Yeah. How you communicate remotely and all in the same office is different. So tell me about some of your best practices with communicating with your team. I know a lot of people are, some are struggling, some are flourishing, but everybody's doing something and everyone's trying something different. What are some of the things that have made your team successful as far as communicating and, and interacting in this uh, disconnected, connected world? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, we're we're continuing to get better at it. So just recently, we've really went all in on this EOS mindset and they have what's called the level 10 meeting and setting up an agenda. Uh, so this is the book I've been reading, a book, you know, taking both of our teams through it. The reason being is, you know, what really got TMI started on is one of our board members said, I think you guys have, a, you all have a lot going on. Like your team, you guys are crushing it from board meeting to board meeting. Progress is being made, but there's still so much activity. It's like a flurry, right? Like there's so much going on. How do you organize it? 
Um, so that's what led us to really going all in on EOS and using their level 10 meeting and you're working on issues while you're together. So it's very timed. It's literally the most only time I've ever had a bell in a meeting that says like time is up. You got to move the next thing. Yep. But because it's giving us cadence, we're for, you know, like every week you learn a little bit more, you learn how to move off and it's you're being more and more direct throughout the process. So working on that transparency, that directness, aligning goals to your communications, like if I know as an organization, if all of my team, all of your team knows what they should be working on and what we're executing against, we don't have to worry about wondering, right? But when we get together, we give updates and we say, are we on track, off track? What are we working on? Where's barrier? Where do barriers exist? What do you need help with? That kind of meeting cadence is a lot more effective than just wondering what are we covering today, right? So if you don't 100%. have an agenda, don't show up to the meeting. If you can't show up on time or early, don't show up at all, you know? You know, so kind of getting back, I do think that there's some of the remote work that has happened that, you know, at times it's like, gosh, I got to get on one more call, right? So, you know, figuring out, do you really need to be on that call? Who should be in what meeting? Who's accountable for what? And then get after it and work towards it. And then ask what you, where you need help, help each other and run in support and go, you know? It's, I know it sounds simple. It's, it's pretty complicated to unravel when you're, especially if you're like, yeah, these meetings are pretty boring, but we've been having them at the same time every week for years. It may be time to kind of disrupt that team meeting and see how you can help each other even more effectively. You see all the pictures of the mug that this email, this meeting should have been an email. What you don't see is, well, how do you do that? Like, what's the difference? It's not as simple as just send an email or just have a meeting. There's a lot of thought and detail right. that goes into just simply having and executing a great meeting. Yeah. And there's also some emails that should be a meeting, right? There's also some emails that should be a conversation and not an email because, oh gosh, that's not my intent at all. It's not what I mean. If I, if I could have just hopped on and said, Hey, you know, so the other thing that we do, Tom is effective one-on-ones. We're really big about one-on-ones here. Um, and we believe it's something we coach. Everybody should learn how to have effective one-on-ones. Everyone should learn how to cascade a strategy down into the organization to where everybody feels and experiences and believes that they're contributing to the overall mission and objectives of the organization. So if you find yourself listening to this and you're you know, somewhere in the org chart and you're like, I just don't feel connected, you know, how can you work with your team? How can you manage up to get alignment, create strategy, understand your individual development plans and execute and cascade that for yourself and those who report to you and vice versa. If you're listening to this going, huh, I think my team understands the strategy. They've been told. Um, the question is, they, the answer is they probably don't just know it, right? We create strategic plans. We come out of the room. We expect everybody to just line up and execute. Well, that's not how it works. So, you know, taking more time, talking about your vision, bringing people together, then that's one way to know that I know what everybody's working on. They feel engaged. They feel valued, heard, and understood. And um, it just allows you to kind of remove doubt that can happen on teams, especially remote teams. So that reminded me of the HR hot sauce questions, the phrase you know, that drives you nuts at work. I think for me, I'm just now realizing this in the moment, is 
Well, we told you that. Or didn't you see the email two months ago? You have to, you, as a leader in management, you can't just tell somebody. I'm very good at getting my stuff done, but I still have to be told and reminded over and over. My computer, there's a hundred ways to open up one application because depending on where I'm at, what other, what else I'm doing, where my head's at, it needs to be at my fingertips to get and get that information. I feel like that's the same way you're describing is communication, that it can't just be, it's in an email. It's, all right, it's in an email. Can we put this somewhere that you can find it? Should we have another meeting so you've now heard it and seen it? Should we bring it up again two months later? How do, how do you actually make that cascading of information effective? And, and yeah. you just described that. Yeah, well, it's a big part. So one of the things that we do, um, and we're very passionate about it because we believe this is where the dis part of the disconnect has lied in the workforce, right? And it's that when you, I say this all the time, when you are an athlete, whether you're a great athlete or, you know, you're just picking up a ball or whether you're a student that's a D and C student or an A student, you have a teacher, you have a coach, you have a mentor, you have a guide. Then we push people out into the workforce and we have none of that, right? Typically, typically for those listening, please let me know if I'm accurate here. Typically until you're somewhere between 17 and 22 years in your career where you go, I don't have any idea if this is where I want to be. You know, is this what I want to be? Do I want to make a change? Am I happy? Am I satisfied? And we're, we need, I believe that's what causes some of the negative workforce data that it's not just the workplace is making people feel anxiety or stressed or sad or fearful. It's just life in general is hard. There's a lot coming at you, right? Truth. And as an employer, as a leader, what do I do with that? How do I help my team, not just beyond creating company performance, but helping the humans that I have the privilege of employing bring out their greatest good, unlock their human potential. So essentially that's what created this whole brand of the Talent Magnet Institute. It actually came from a speaking engagement I did in Tempe, Arizona back in 2013. And it took us until 2018 to actually decide it was going to be its own thing because that talk we got asked to do constantly. And it was all about being what I would call a holistic leader because people don't know how to communicate more effectively until they've seen it demonstrated. Well, why don't we demonstrate it earlier and not wait for 12 years into their career to demonstrate what effective communications looks like? People don't know how to connect to a business strategy typically until they're responsible for it right and go gosh i had no idea this is what happened in behind behind these doors right and so these are the things we're trying to with the talent magnet institute and all of our management training and curriculum we're just simply trying to give people the tools to be show up better you know be the supportive mechanism that says you know what i provide support to my early and mid career professionals and here's how i do it I don't wait for them to train wreck or get off the rails or, you know, like I really should fire this person, but I think I want to actually start now investing in the person. And all of a sudden you go, man, I had no idea she had this in her. Well, you didn't spend the time developing, right? So these are the kinds of things that we try to get after, like, and this is what motivates me that, you know, the data from Gallup the last 30 years hasn't gotten any better. No, it keeps getting worse. And it's not, it's not because we have big data. It's, you know, if anything, big data is that kind of part of my concern is that now people, now people know, you know, and you still aren't doing anything about it. 
right? That should be alarming yeah. to all of us. <laughs> so, Agreed. Uh, sorry, I'm off my soapbox a little bit. No, no, I love this soapbox. I actually want to dig into a couple things that you covered in part two here. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about you creating the business. I know there's a lot of people in the HR space starting businesses, owning consultancies, a lot of startups coming up. I think your journey to start the business is important. I want to close the loop on your approach at Talent Magnet Institute. And I think you, I mean, I think we have a great, or at least I do, have a great understanding of your base and who you are as an organization. So let me take a quick break and then we'll get back and jump back into this part of the conversation. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com. All right, it is time for the HR Hot Sauce. Mike, are you ready? I sure am, Tom. Let's do this. Let's do it. What's the best job you've ever had? Working in a bike shop. Bike shop? That sounds awesome. In front of the house, I mean, back of the house. Out, uh, outside of doing what I do now, right? But building bikes as a kid was an awesome job. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? Um, I don't know who was accountable for that. New one, and it's a good one. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days, Mike? Uh, rainy. Why? Because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. You've got to work. There we go. When it's, when it's sunny, I'd love to be outside, either sitting on the patio, riding my bike, or hanging out with the kids. That's what I suspect. How can someone make your day at work? Do something nice for someone else. And as the you know CEO, allowing me to see that is just awesome. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? What will your last manager say when I ask her or him about you? Favorite song to bring you out of a funk? So it's really an album. It's the album I've went to for 15 years. And that's the um, Numb Encore Jay-Z and Linkin Park album. Wow, that's a good album. And as loud as I can turn it on in my car. Yeah, that's the key. People don't talk about the volume and what an impact that makes. That's uh, right. So I'm with yeah. you. Final yeah. question. Medium, mild, hot, or nuclear? Medium. You are officially off the HR hot. All right. All right, we were back. That was a great HR hot sauce with Mike. We're going to jump right back in. We we were getting a base of you know what led to uh, Mike creating the Talent Magnet Institute, what some of their cornerstones are as far as their approach. But you know, Mike, as a founder, as a business owner, how did you connect those two things, the ideas of how to make leadership better for organizations, with actually turning that into a business. Um, I know you mentioned it was, what, eight years or so. Tell, tell us about that journey and how you connected yeah. kind of the passion with the with the product. So to be very direct, Tom, if it were up to us, uh, <laughs> if it were up to the simples, we'd probably still be talking about it. So we have a board of advisors with our family business. And that board, um, not everybody knew us real well, once you start to get to know the culture that we have at Centennial and what we do for the clients we serve, you know, we take a very boutique executive search firm approach. So we're very involved in the businesses we support and typically get extremely connected to the business leaders that we support and their journeys of growing and building and transforming. That board really gave us the feedback of like, hey, all of this advisory work you do, all of this passion you have for developing healthier workplaces. And we say as a search firm that recruiting is not the be all end all. 
if you can't engage, develop and retain people, don't recruit them. Right. So like, stop, stop the process. Um, So because of that, our board really encouraged us to like, you got to carve this out because there are so many that are stuck in this area that, you know, hey, executive boutique executive search work is very special and not everybody needs it. Right. And it's certain journeys and times. And to be frank, when you do your job really well, usually after a three to four year cycle, that business is in great shape. And you can just sit and watch and wait for the next three to four year cycle and be there to support them when that happens. But but meanwhile, people, humans are inside these organizations and we're watching some toxicity and some really good activity and go, wow, we could really transform lives and work cultures here. So um, so it was our board that really pushed us out of the comfort zone to say, hey, I know this may sound a little unique that your board's not saying focus on one thing. They're saying create something else, right? That is rare. And then again, I'm I'm very um, kind of like, I, I feel like it's a distinct privilege. It's an opportunity. It's a blessing to have seven of our investors for Talent Magnet, TMI, were customers of our search firm. So they said, not only do we think it's a great decision, but where can we apply resources? How can we help? What can we do? And I remember standing, creating my first ever video in um, a CEO's office. And he, you know, grabbed his flip phone and did the video. And then I passed it out to a few friends. And then I had a few other executives sending me videos from different countries that we support with our search firm. They were all like, oh my gosh, it's about time (laughs) that you guys do this. So, um, so that was a really cool experience and it's taken a lot of hard work. You know, I just hired last year, I announced a non-family president for our search firm. I'm still involved in both businesses because it's so directly attached to humans, but we've got 20 employees for our search firm. So they can run yep. the business, right? And lead and transform. And then TMI, we're in a startup phase. You know, there's four of us and we've got 19 contractors that we use and build org charts, half of them full-time, half of them part-time. And uh, and we're learning this whole, whole startup life. So I will say at 22 years into my career, you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to like smooth sail. <laughs> and then I decided to launch another company. So I'm learning every day of my life. And it's... <laughs> It's it's like, whoo, that was interesting. Why did I do that to myself? So here we are. And you seem to have plenty of energy for it at twenty-two years here. So I'm not I'm not worried about that part. (laughs) I definitely have more gray hair today than I did three years ago. What's your main focus? Uh, you see how I brush over the gray hair part when I now I called it out. Bad podcast host. How does talent magnet uh, TMI, how do you What's your approach? Like, how do you develop leaders? Do you focus mostly on leaders, mid-level leaders, upper-level leaders? Is it about training and development? Is it about growth? What's what's the main focus and how do you go about that? So it's early to mid-career, early to mid-career individuals. We always add like lifelong learners. You know, we do have people who love to just learn with others that are on their team, but our content, our design, our focus is to be known as the go-to early to mid-career development platform. We know that everyone needs a guide. I talk a lot about loneliness and, you know, we don't want the individuals that are early to mid-career to get to a place where they feel lonely as they, you know, as they move up or they transcend throughout their career. Too many people have done that. Too many people have uh, gotten to the end of what they feel like was the ladder they wanted to climb and go, gosh, this, I did this. This is not where I wanted to be. So we're trying to develop your leadership skills 
and help you understand what it's like to be a healthy, holistic leader, both at work and in life. And trying to help people be able to avoid the I quit statements, avoid the, you know, the resignation statements because they were intentional about their career throughout their career. We've got learning journeys, so you can actually join our free learning journey, what we call our leadership basics course. That's open to anyone, you know, so come one, come all, any guests, feel free to go check it out. And you get your first badge when you get that completed. And then we've got seven additional learning journeys right now. Um, that lead you into becoming Talent Magnet certified. And you go through those journeys, you you don't just experience the resources that are in there, you use them. So we're trying to get people to use it as their digital leadership hub, that it's the place I go to get healthy content resources to help me be a better manager, supervisor, leader. And um, you know what we're finding, Tom, is that early to mid-career isn't a place most organizations have resources for. I agree. Right? We invest in the front end, early, early front end, or we invest in the back end when you're in a vice president and up position. You hear about that all the time. Right. You know, right. The, the CEO coach and the executive coach. Yeah. You don't hear a lot about the assistant manager yeah. coach. And why not? You know, like that's no wonder people feel isolated. No wonder people feel not valued. We're not investing in them. So, and then again, by doing this in the early to mid-career stage, we believe when those individuals grow and develop, they're going to look back and do the same. They're going to pull people with them, right? They're going to support people in a different way and ultimately create a better culture for all. You know, we never know. I know for me, I had a lot of mentors, including doing what I do now, like public speaking was not something I enjoyed. It's something about five, six years ago, I realized Hmm, I'm shying away from a gift that I think I have that other people have said is in me, but I needed others to recognize it and say, simple, you should be out there on stage. Or, you know, that even in sales, I didn't enjoy business development until I, like somebody said, you know, you're really good at building relationships and people really connect with you and you're authentic. Because of that, you know, label me whatever title you want to call it in the business development right. label. But it's because of others. So we're hoping to provide that same kind of support and basically be, you know, ultimately we can be a silent partner for organization. Like we want to be here to help you support your early to mid career. And though all of those people think about them right now, visually think who in my, who on my team, who in my organization might not even know what things they're gifted at. Right. And we're going to help unlock that for you. And then you're going to be known as the organization and leader that like this company actually supported my growth and development. You know, LinkedIn Learning did right. a, uh, or LinkedIn Workforce did a survey last year that the results from the respondents said that 98% of people said they would be more likely to stay in your organization if they felt actively invested in, right? Staggering statistic. Our, our data people element, absolutely. Growth and development and manager effectiveness. That that's really what's driving retention right now. That's what's driving the lack thereof is what's driving the great resignation or great realization or the great migration or whatever. Do you have a name for it? What do you call it? I call it the great realization. Great um, realization. I, that's probably my favorite too. Yeah. And I get super excited about it. I get all fired up. But like, you know, to your point, so it people element, you're you you know that effective management and supervisors create better, healthier workplaces. But why are companies, it's like a crapshoot whether or not I'm gonna get a great manager or not, right? And it doesn't have to be, 
you know, they, they don't, people don't wake up and say, I want to be a crappy manager. You know, they, they don't know the difference until they've seen it, until they've been coached it, until they've been given feedback and resources to grow beyond. You know, I shared earlier that, you know, I had to learn from my natural traits, how to be a great leader. And I'm just fortunate that others helped me through that journey and helped me move further faster, right? Uh, we can all be doing that for our people. And that's essentially what we've tried to put this platform in place to say, stop making excuses. It is time to invest in your greatest asset, which are the no business ever got anything accomplished without a human or humans involved, right? So let's put some proactive resources against those who actually make everything we think about doing possible and um, and then watch what kind of return takes place from that. That's not just financial, that's emotional, that people feel happier and more engaged and more fulfilled and they actually love the places they work. I do think it's possible, but it takes intentional effort. You and I could not be more aligned on this. I uh, Early in my career, I got out, worked in hotels and was just thrown into assistant manager of large teams, really well-seasoned teams, really tough teams in DC and New York City. And I had a couple great mentors along the way, but I was left just trying to figure all this out. And I always wanted to write a book. I realized it about five, six years in, I want to write a book called Running the Gauntlet, How to Survive Your First Five Years as a Professional. And I probably could still, I wrote off, I was like, oh, it's too late for me to write it. I'm now old. I'm not one of them. No, I let's write do it. it. I was one of them, yeah. but- it really is. There's some foundational lessons you can learn and support and trainings that can support anything you do in your career, anywhere you go, and just always support you no matter what happens. And I feel like I always felt like that was overlooked. So I, I've known Talent Magnet, TMI, I've talked to you. I never realized that much about that focus. And honestly, I celebrate it. I think that's where, you know, when we look at turnover, it's my manager. It's People are leaving because of basic things being missed, like the easiest stuff. Like I go to restaurants now in COVID. I'm not getting napkins and silverware. Five years ago, I used to. COVID's blown everything up. Basic training is gone. I get my food before I get my, my silverware. Like I feel like the same thing's happening in organizations to where they're just trying to run and your team isn't getting what they need to survive there. And managers are left on their own. Managers are turning over. The people under them are turning over. You're spending tons of money. Your culture is going out the door and it's, the great realization that I don't have those things. I'm going somewhere to find them. Yeah. And, and imagine if you provided them, right? Imagine, yes. imagine a workplace where your team and everyone that's connected, you know, look at the org chart says, you know what, this is the place that I feel valued, heard and understood. This is the place that actually helped me understand I should be in supply chain, not finance or, I really love sales. I just thought it was customer service or, you know what? I think I could go start my own company based on the things I've learned at this business. So the opportunity for us to build healthy workplaces, to create and, and help people be better at the skills that they need to have in order to supervise and guide and direct and manage and set expectations and hold people accountable and you know, all of those things we like, we don't think about, oh yeah, outside the C-suite, nobody else has these skills yet because that's what they have us for. What if I had a team of frontline team members who knew what to do with a business strategy and understood how to communicate about it and understood how to identify outages and figure out what if I had great people managers? Like 
hiring managers that supported HR and knew the importance of onboarding and developing and taking a proactive approach to talent development, not coming from HR, pushing it into the organization and going, oh, I wish I had better hiring managers, but a hiring manager saying, hey, again, selfishly speaking, hey, I'm talent magnet certified. <laughs> I know how to lead this way. I wake up every day wondering how to get my people more aligned, more engaged. I, I know I can accomplish only what I can accomplish by how effective those on my team are. Again, it feels like to me, sometimes I got to go, like, why is this rocket science? It shouldn't be, but it is. This is where we are. This is how, how this is where, where we've arrived and we got to just uh, get better at it. So the other thing that I love that you guys offer solutions in is the continuous listening. Like we've got to be better. Communication does not mean telling. Yes. Communications means back and forth dialogue to understand. So don't just take the data and go, I get it. I see what's happening. Learn from it, engage actively to put it into action. You know, so listen to feedback, but then take the feedback and respond to feedback. What if I don't even know how to respond to feedback? Like that is a thing. I don't yeah. know how to take feedback. I don't know how to not feel like it's pointing fingers at me. I don't know what to do when I get an employee 360 and all of the zip saw effect that can have in an organization that's not ready for it. Well, we, we teach people what to do with that, how to take the data and lead in a more effective way. Eventually, people are going to leave and go find a place that makes them feel this way. The problem is I've met people 30 years in their career that say they've never had it before, right? So it shows you it's not normal for people to be developed. You know, it's not normal for people to come out effective out of the gate, got to learn and grow. We've got to be developed and we got to do it in community too. You know, so we try to create an environment where people feel connected to each other and the brand and the belief system and the trust system, and then take that same mindset into their own organization. I'm really liking this conversation. That is, that is fantastic. I think one thing that connects both my world of people and continuous listening, your world is. I'm constantly having to tell people, we are not replacing one-on-one -on -one conversations. What we do will never replace having managers being able to effectively communicate and talk to the teams. That's one of the things we're focused on is, okay, great. You've collected this information. You give it to the managers. Do the managers know how to effectively take this data and make their teams better because of it? And yeah. the answer is almost always no. no. So you really need both sides of the coin. You need the, the technology, you need the data, but you need the human being to fully execute that. I want to wrap up. We're, we're getting close to time, but I think this last, I, I can't not have this topic. You know, I posted on LinkedIn that HR tech is not employee experience. In fact, it can't create employee experience. It's impossible. It's merely a tool that can enhance employee experience. And I know you've got some thoughts on that. And I actually think that'll tie this whole conversation with people and data and trying to drive yeah. to make the world better. HR technology can't do it alone. I think it could be a tool. How do we make the employee experience better right now? What are those factors? Yeah. So um, the most important part, Tom, and you've mentioned a couple times with the, the data, you can only do so much with data and HR tech. It takes the humans to do things well, right? So what I hear, what I learn, how do I not take it personal? How do I grow from it as the manager? And then how do I also cascade that throughout the organization? So one, I mean, you have to invest in your people. You have to learn and you got to, you know, the human element 
is what makes this world go around. Trying to remove the human element is getting us nowhere fast. If anything, it's built more frustration. Right. You know, thinking that you're going to implement a piece of software, even a learning platform, a learning and growth platform, just by implementing it doesn't get anything done, right? So the people who say, all right, I've signed off on it, we're doing it, just the tip of the iceberg, just the tip of the iceberg. So some of the areas that we unpack is, you know, how do individuals, uh, do they understand what creating clarity means? And do they work every day at it? Do they understand the power of autonomy, not workforce flexibility? And how many days do I want to stay home? And how many days do you want to stay home? Actual autonomy in the work. Do I recognize my people? Do I look for great things? You know, yes, provide constructive feedback and do that more often. Your employees will thank you. But do I recognize them for the great things that they're doing? Do I, do I care more about their development than just their engagement. Is their development important? Am I helping them grow? That will execute engagement. It'll be an engagement factor. I agree. But there'll be high engagement scores because you actually understand who they are, where they wanna go, and how you can help them get there. And then we think one of the biggest elements is compassion. Again, some people say, I, you know, I struggle with sympathy. I'm not sympathetic. I you know, we've learned a lot about empathy in the last, you know, year and a half, two years, probably more than any of us ever did in our career. But at the end of the day, you know, we always say sympathy, I feel for you. Empathy, I feel with you. Compassion is I'm really here to help. And we have a opportunity and an obligation to help those that work in our organization be the best that they can. So, you know, these are some of just the, some of the elements that we love to talk about. And I think there's a lot of alignment with what you just shared, what your organization does, the message you provide to those that you serve and what we try to do um, of just making this workplace more engaged, more intentional and better for, for all that, that work and live and play in it. I can feel, I can feel it. I can see it and I can hear it. You're living it. Really appreciate what you're doing out there for the workforce. Really appreciate you taking time all of your different jobs and hats to talk with me today. It's been, it's been a pleasure. This has been awesome. I will put notes where to find TMI, where to find Centennial. I'll put all that in the show notes, connect everyone with you on LinkedIn. I encourage everybody to uh, follow Mike uh, out on Twitter, LinkedIn. He's got some great stuff to share. Appreciate everybody for listening. We will see you all back here at All About HR in a couple of weeks. This has been a great episode. Really appreciate Laura Hunley, our producer, People Element, our sponsor. And of course, our guest, Mike Sipple Jr. Thanks so much. Have a great afternoon, everybody.